0: Theo Epstein being back in the organization is a game changer for the Boston Red Sox. Why? You're about to find out. You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbutt, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast. So if you're ever looking for a show that covers all the other Boston sports, check out my show, Boston Balling Today. And I am here, though, most importantly, to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. Honestly, free is the best. So, might as well start your day off the right way with Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Welcome to the show. Happy February. We are officially in spring training month. How exciting is that? I know this has just been an absolute drag of an offseason. The Red Sox have just not made it as interesting as it could have been. And I wish the Red Sox had made some more moves. I'm not saying that they won't do that. There are still players on the board that the Red Sox could sign, but it's not looking overly promising. I'm not super confident in their desires to add somebody else. So We'll see what happens over the next few weeks, but at least we're going to be getting baseball back in some capacity. I don't like the winter being cooped up inside, and for some reason, whenever baseball comes back, even if it's just spring training, it symbolizes to me that the warm weather is almost here. The idea of going back to Fenway Park is almost here, so we've almost made it. So we'll see what they do, but... One big thing that happened recently is a familiar and successful face is back in the Red Sox organization. So I'm going to be diving into that on today's show, as well as talking about a minor trade the Red Sox made and what it means for the team, why they might have made that move. And lastly, the truth behind Turner. What really happened with Justin Turner? So I'm going to be diving into all of that today. But first, Theo Epstein is back in the Boston Red Sox organization. He's officially joining Fenway Sports Group as a part owner and senior advisor. He is returning to the franchise almost two decades after helping the team break an 86-year championship curse. As we know, was a very, very tough, long time coming for Red Sox fans. And then 2004 was such an amazing year. 2007 was also an amazing year. So Fenway Sports Group owns not only the Boston Red Sox, but also Liverpool FC, the Pittsburgh Penguins. RFK Racing, and Boston Common Golf, and so basically Epstein's job will be to advise the group's owners on strategic growth and investment initiatives across the whole company. Now, the Red Sox won two World Series titles under Epstein before he left to become the Chicago Cubs GM after the 2011 season. Chicago actually broke a 108-year curse by winning the World Series in 2016. So, He has a history and track record of success. His quote upon accepting this position was, I am thrilled and honored to return to FSG to join John, Linda, Tom, Mike, Sam, and the ownership group and to serve in this new role. This is truly a unique opportunity for me, a chance to partner with people who mean a lot to me a chance to challenge myself in new arenas, and a chance to use my experience and perspective to help others succeed and win at the highest level. He's been a formal consultant to MLB since 2021 and will continue to be on MLB's competition committee and on-field committee on an informal basis. And he'll also continue his role as operating partner for Arctos Partners. So he's going to have quite a few roles while he's taking on this job, but one of the things that really stands out to me about the organization bringing him back is that idea of helping the owners on strategic growth initiatives, and he's committed to helping groups of people succeed and win at the highest level. That's important, and Fenway Sports Group and Red Sox ownership in general just haven't put as much time and effort into the Boston Red Sox as we feel they should have. And it was reported that one of the biggest reasons that they brought Theo back was because they feel like they haven't given the Red Sox the time and attention that they deserve because they've been occupied in other entities. Yeah, no kidding. They've been so focused on this whole PGA live merge for golf. And they've been focused on Liverpool and The Boston Red Sox are not a franchise that deserves to be given a backseat. After all the success that the Red Sox had over the last couple decades, it's really not fair to see them get pushed to the back. And Theo Epstein was a winner. He was not afraid to be aggressive, was not afraid to make the moves needed to put the Red Sox in a place to succeed. And sure enough, they won the World Series after a very long drought without having won a World Series. And then they go a few years later in 2007 and they win again. That shows that he wants to win and is not afraid to make the big moves to make that happen. I've been saying for a while now that the Red Sox need something that will light a fire in Red Sox ownership to continue to improve the team and make the moves necessary to put the Red Sox in a place where they can succeed as much as other teams around the league. And that spark was not really there. They hired Craig Breslow for a reason of seemingly to help cut down on costs and sign people to the contracts that are most practical right now and what's most practical isn't necessarily what's putting the red sox in the best place to be successful right now and by bringing a face into the organization who is familiar with winning knows what it's like to be in a successful organization and has seen the success of another organization when he left for the cubs he understands the value of winning and that desire to want to win. Obviously, the Red Sox seem to be aware that the organization has taken a back seat because of other Fenway Sports Group entities. So by bringing in Theo Epstein, I thoroughly expect him to help light a fire in Red Sox ownership and say, look, what are we doing here? this organization needs better and can do better. And with his helpful eye of going from being part of an organization that was one of the best organizations in baseball to play for just such a historic franchise, winning two championships in his time there and just a very desirable franchise for players to want to play for. How can we get back to that? And, since he has experience working for the Boston Red Sox in such a pressure filled environment when they were winning and they were thriving and they were one of the most looked at teams in baseball that was talked about the most because they're the Boston Red Sox. He can now go into this organization and see what's happened since then and say, what can we do to get fans back on our side? Because quite frankly, Red Sox ownership has lost a lot of the fans this offseason after making it sound like they were going to go full throttle and have this big offseason where they were going to make a lot of moves to then be in a situation where we're sitting here. Spring training is almost starting and there are still blatant holes on the roster that they haven't addressed. It's really sad to see how far they've come in the negative direction since Theo's previous time in Boston. So I'm looking at this move and saying this hopefully symbolizes a positive change and sparks a desire in the Red Sox ownership group to make some big moves, take chances, and get back to being a franchise that teams don't want to face in the playoffs, that players want to go to because the Red Sox are a contending team. And it's been a while since we've been able to say the Red Sox will always be competitive no matter what because that's just simply not the case right now and that was something the Boston Red Sox as a franchise were always known for was no matter what happened you could never sleep on them and now you can sleep on them because unless everything goes perfectly for them they might not be as competitive again this year so by bringing in somebody who just didn't tolerate that he can offer a new perspective so I thoroughly expect that the ownership group will listen to him. They obviously respect him and what he's about since they brought him back onto the team. And I have to believe that this means that they saw what they were doing and lack thereof, and that this team was no longer as competitive as it used to be. And they're going to use that energy to say, okay, what can we do to utilize him to make this team better? And we're about to find out, but I have a feeling that It's going to spark something positive and some change, and we're going to see the Red Sox be more aggressive. Even if it's not this offseason, I think in years to come, the mentality is going to change. Because even though he's not going to have a direct impact on who comes to Boston, what players they're bringing in, because that's more of Craig Breslow's job to make those negotiations him having a voice in this organization is going to be huge for the Boston Red Sox because of his track record. So I'll be interested in seeing what type of impact that makes, but I'm expecting it to be a positive one coming up. I'm going to be talking about a minor move that the Red Sox made that could work out a little bit better for the Red Sox than you might think. So that's coming up next. If you're at all interested in sports betting, or it's something you've thought about getting into and haven't yet, FanDuel is the absolute place for you. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some Super Bets. I love the Super Bowl. It's such a great way to get together with friends and sometimes family, have some delicious food. I know my fiance and I Are hosting this year and planning on getting wings and pizza for everybody and some people are bringing desserts some people are bringing apps so it's all part of the fun and something else that you can enjoy doing is making bets on the game I know a lot of people do their Super Bowl squares or other competitions during the game but a Super Bowl bet that you might like for the game is taking the over under In points or picking a guaranteed touchdown scorer. And Travis Kelsey is a safe choice for that. And there's a lot of different bets that you can make. And that's what makes FanDuel so great. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit Fanduel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's Fanduel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. I love Fanduel. There's so many opportunities to win money, and you can have that same type of experience. Just head to Fanduel today. Also, LockedOn has launched the 1st Ever National Sports 24/7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24/7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24/7 streaming channel. This is so cool for the network because nobody else does this. So if you want 24/7 access to everything going on in sports, Subscribe to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube. The Boston Red Sox have made a minor trade the other day. It's not something to be super excited about, but it's also a decent move that makes sense for Boston. So the Red Sox acquired former San Francisco Giants catcher Tyler Heineman in a trade with the Mets for cash considerations. Heineman was claimed off of waivers by the Mets in December, but then they ultimately DFA'd him last week, which set the stage for this minor trade. Heineman was drafted in the eighth round of the 2012 MLB draft out of UCLA by the Astros, but it took him more than seven years and three different organizations to make his big league debut with the Marlins in September of 2019. He's often been at the AAA level used basically with a team when they need another catcher and he gets called up to the majors for a short time. And then once the team's catching depth is back to being fully healthy and they don't really need him anymore, he ends up being DFA'd again and another team claims him and it's the same cycle over and over again. So his primary problem is that he hasn't really been able to stick with a major league team consistently and he hasn't gotten a ton of playing time to the point where he hasn't fully proved himself as a catcher at the major league level the Giants signed Heinemann to a minor league free agent contract prior to the 2020 season he was then unexpectedly thrown into a larger role with the team once Buster Posey decided to opt out of the COVID 2020 season. Now I give players the benefit of the doubt during the COVID season. I try not to weigh that too much into their stats because it was just an unprecedented time for everybody. So nobody really knew what to expect, but the Giants had a need behind the plate and they called up Heinemann as their opening day starter at that time though, he was coming off the best minor league season of his career in 2019 and the Giants hoped he could carry that success to the majors. So in that best season of his career in the minors, he hit 336 with a 400 on on-base percentage and 590 slugging with 17 doubles, 13 home runs, 21 walks, and 35 strikeouts in 273 plate appearances with the Marlins AAA affiliate. So he would consistently put the ball in play only striking out six times in 50 plate appearances, but his lack of power left the Giants in need of more. He ended up just hitting 190 with a 292 on base percentage and 214 slugging in 15 games with San Francisco before the team decided to go in a different direction. So unfortunately, he wasn't able to translate his success from AAA over to the majors. Since his stint in the Bay Area... He spent time in the Cardinals, Phillies, Blue Jays, and Pirates organizations. And he did appear in the majors for some time with both the Pirates and the Blue Jays. He's 32 years old and is now looking to get back to the majors with the Boston Red Sox. So I say all of that in summary to say he hasn't found a whole lot of success at the major league level. So the question becomes... What does this mean for the Red Sox? Why did they make this trade? And what is his role likely going to be? They just gave up cash considerations to the Mets in the deal. There were no other players involved in it. It's such a minuscule trade. I did see a lot of people on Twitter mentioning what this might mean for Reese McGuire's future in Boston. I am not seeing it be... A direct impact on either of the two starting catchers they have right now i still think the plan is to start with reese mcguire and connor wong at catcher because first of all heineman isn't proven enough in the majors to take a chance on having him be one of your two starting catchers he's also had success in the minors so if he is a catcher that the Red Sox want to use, it would be taking a huge risk to get rid of somebody in Reese McGuire, who's a proven solid backup catcher, or Connor Wong, who literally is the primary catcher right now. So my guess is that Heineman's going to stay in the minors and primarily be in AAA to help with pitching development, because guys like that who don't have a ton of success in the majors but have been able to play well in the minors can help some of the pitchers that the Red Sox have in the organization who will eventually come up and be part of the future of the franchise. So, by bringing in Heineman, first of all, it's catching depth. So, obviously, you need to be prepared and you need that depth if Wong or McGuire were to get injured. So, then they could call Heineman up to make some starts behind the plate in the majors. So that's one reason, just simply depth. But for two, I don't think the intention right now is for him to play in the majors and can he compete with reese mcguire for a roster spot maybe but i wouldn't read too much into this trade and say that this move is prefacing the fact that the red sox want to move one of their two catchers they have now i definitely don't think that's the case i think they still want to stick with what they have that catcher and i really think that they should Heineman has just bounced around from place to place he really has never had his fair shot in the majors, and maybe he will with Boston, but I'm inclined to believe that they didn't make this trade with the intention of him playing in the majors. I really truly think that it's to help some of those pitchers that are down in AAA and help with their development so that they eventually can be called up and succeed at the major league level on the mound. So that's where I'm at with that trade. Is it going to work out in Boston's favor? Maybe. They didn't really give up much for him at all. So why not give it a shot, see how it goes? Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out and they DFA him. This is a scenario where we just see how it plays out. It's going to be fantastic if he's able to help with the growth of some of those pitchers down in AAA to help them improve. So we'll see how that goes. But coming up, I'm going to be sharing the truth behind Turner. It's a bit disappointing, but it's something that is important to know about the Red Sox whole mentality this offseason. So that's coming up. Don't forget that you can subscribe to Locked On Sports today on YouTube because the network has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So we are here for you 24/7 covering the top sports stories of the day. So instead of feeling like you have to scroll through Twitter to catch up on all your sports news, our experts will keep you updated on everything going on so no matter what time zone you're in or where you're at, it's a constant live stream. So head to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe. Also, you can get Lockdown Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform for free Monday through Friday with the new episodes as we approach the season here. Locked on is your team every day. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox and follow me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbut 10. And we can continue the conversation those ways about the Red Sox. You can connect with other fans and we all need a support system from the fans who Also root for the same team as us, given that this season might not go how we all want it to. So definitely follow the show on Twitter, follow me on Twitter, and we can continue to talk about the Red Sox that way outside of the show. A fan favorite in Boston last year, Justin Turner, has signed with the Toronto Blue Jays and... It was such disappointing news as a Red Sox fan because he meant so much to Boston last year, and he is going to end up going down as one of the best one-year Red Sox players ever. He made such an impact. He had a career year at the plate, and his leadership just goes unmatched. He was just such a great clubhouse guy to have around. So the fact that he signed with the Blue Jays was disappointing, but what was even more disappointing is is the news that he revealed after the fact about why he didn't end up coming back to Boston. And the most unfortunate part about it is that he thought it was going to be a no-brainer coming back to Boston. That was what he was banking on. He had a desire to stay with the Red Sox in 2024. His wife loved Boston. He loved Boston. He had thrived here. But the problem was the Red Sox. They didn't even want to entertain a conversation. He thought that as time went on, it was appearing to be less and less likely that the Red Sox were interested in bringing him back. And his mentality had to change Of Okay. I need to start being open to other possibilities, other organizations. He thinks that the Red Sox front office shakeup played a role in the eventual departure because When the Red Sox fired Haim Bloom and then brought in Craig Breslow, maybe Breslow didn't see as much value in bringing back Turner. Turner and his team approached the Red Sox, but they weren't interested in having a conversation, so that's ultimately why he left and went elsewhere. They weren't interested in a conversation with Justin Turner. I mean, that's just so disappointing to me because of the fact that He did so much for this team last year. And what exactly is the point for replacing his productivity in the lineup? Like, what exactly is the plan for that? Because as far as I'm concerned, the Red Sox still don't have that productivity in their current lineup that they got from him last year. And you can arguably say that that makes the lineup a little bit worse than they were. I know they're banking on the developments of Casas and Duran, But that doesn't mean that they're going to get everything Turner provided because who's going to be the clubhouse leader? Who's going to step up and be that guy that Turner was for this Boston Red Sox team when – the time comes for this season and they need somebody to be that rock and that support system. Turner very clearly was that guy in the Red Sox clubhouse. And it's disheartening to me that the Red Sox weren't even willing to have a conversation because honestly, at the end of the day, the money that he got from the blue Jays is something the Red Sox easily could have paid him. And I'm not saying they should have committed to him long-term, but why not do another one-year deal you know, and see where that goes because he was more than willing to take a one-year deal just like he did with the Blue Jays. And it's definitely heartbreaking to have heard him say, I really wanted to come back to Boston. It was something that I was banking on for them to just not even be interested and to not even be interested in entertaining a conversation. It makes me feel really upset And a little bit disturbed at the fact that the Red Sox didn't value him enough to the point where they wanted to bring him back. And who knows whether that was a Craig Breslow thing because he wanted to rotate the DH spot more. And if they brought Turner back, they knew he would primarily be a DH. So that could have been Breslow's philosophy of, I don't feel like we need Justin Turner because I don't want to designate a DH and I want to rotate people through that position. Or it could have been ownership saying, we're trying to get younger, we really want to just prioritize the growth of our younger players here, and we would rather develop some of them into becoming a DH than bring in a veteran who's already a DH and has that experience. So it's hard to really know for sure which one it is. But either way, the Red Sox significantly dropped the ball here. Justin Turner is a player that made sense to bring back in so many different ways. And there are not a lot of possible scenarios that I'm thinking of that are reasonable reasons to not bring him back. And you know what? The Red Sox need to take some time and look at themselves in the mirror and say, what are we really doing here? We just let a player walk who was one of the best clubhouse leaders that we've had in a long time. And if it weren't for him, the Red Sox probably would have lost some more games last year. And also they mentioned the development of Casas, how they want to see him continue to grow. Casas's development would not have been where it was at last year, had it not been for Turner. So wouldn't they want somebody like that to come back and continue to help the growth and development of these guys even more? It doesn't make sense to me that they wouldn't even have a conversation about it. I mean, I get if there's a conversation involved and they were deep in talks and the sides couldn't work out an agreement. That's different because that shows effort. And I've emphasized all offseason that effort is what I care about. I want to see them put in that time to try to negotiate with the players that they want to bring into Boston. And the fact that Turner and his team wanted to talk to the Red Sox because he wanted to come back and they were like, nah, It's just so disheartening. I mean, how do you do that to a player who dedicated so much time to being in Boston and embraced everything that Boston had to offer so quickly and just made the Red Sox feel like a family again? He was the heart of that team. And there's no just making somebody the heart of that team. It just comes. And the veteran leadership is definitely something that's lacking a bit more this year. So I hope nothing but the best for him I hope he absolutely goes off in Toronto except for when he's playing the Red Sox and I will always be a JT fan I just wish the Red Sox felt the same way we'll see what happens though over the next few weeks as we head into spring training but as I always say keep the faith go Red Sox and I will catch you on the flip side